everybody had a fantastic weekend as usual fly by super fast you're like hey it's Friday not gonna work tomorrow got Saturday Sunday off let's do some things let's chill let's watch some TV let's watch some sports whatever you're doing and then what well, bam you open your eyes and it's Sunday at 10 30 p.m. fly by so quickly so so quickly but Hopefully you had a good time, although it does go quick, made some memories, had some fun times doing what you do. I did a little bit of everything. It was fun. I had a good time. I can't complain myself, but a part of me can complain, and that's the Chicago Bear fan in me as they dropped today's game, 1911 to the Indianapolis Colts. The Bears are now 3-1. Okay record. But the offense struggled so bad today. Indy's defense is okay. I love their cornerback. Xavier Rhodes was a Minnesota Viking. Now he's an Indianapolis Colt. One of my favorite defensive players in the league. Just love what he does. And they have a lot of players like that. They just stick to their jobs, know what they have to do, and do it. And that's what Indianapolis defense did against the Bears. So like I said, Bears fall 1911, that was sad. And I know somebody else that is probably sad right now, and that is our special guest for this episode, episode 116 of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and that's Brent Jamison. He is a basketball coach for Burrow Valley High School, where he is the freshman boys coach and an assistant for the varsity coach, Jason Marcos. And he also coaches junior high girls basketball. And besides that, he runs his own business, Jamison Media Services, which you may have heard advertised on this very podcast. And you're going to hear again in just a few minutes. But he is also an avid Bears fan. Actually, on this very chat, we talked right after the Week 2 game where the Bears held off the New York Giants for that victory. I believe it was 17-13. Bears had a 17-0 lead at halftime and then held on to the game 17-13 as they almost let the Giants come back in that. But they didn't and got the victory. Brent and I talk about Mitch Trubisky, who was replaced in Week 3 when the Bears were playing the Falcons right after he threw a pick at the very beginning of the third quarter. The Bears bench Trubisky, put in Nick Foles. Throws three touchdowns, leads the Bears to a 16-point rally in the fourth quarter to defeat Atlanta. Not so lucky this Sunday, week four, against Indianapolis. But we talk about Bears, our opinions of them, about Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles and how that quarterback situation is going and now it is a little advanced since our conversation, but we did talk about when it was going to happen and if it was going to happen, and we kind of knew. We kind of knew. We were like, hey, if he's playing bad, the Bears are bad. If he's playing good, the Bears are good, but he's very inconsistent, and we talked about all that and how it's kind of a headache as a Bears fan. But today's loss, they just couldn't get anything going. The Chicago Bears defense did not look sharp at all. looked like the Colts could do whatever they wanted to. I know it was only 19 points that they gave up, but they were getting yards whenever. If it was a little dump pass from Phillip Rivers or a well-ran route that Phillip Rivers found, if Phillip Rivers looked pretty good. 
I was a hater. I did not want him to come to the Chicago Bears because he knew he was leaving the Chargers. The Bears needed a quarterback or a backup, somebody to push Mitch Trubisky. And I'm glad it wasn't Phillip Rivers. I am more comfortable with Nick Foles. Just, I don't know, he's 38 years old. Never been a really huge Phillip Rivers fan. Never. I never was. But he is experienced. He is a veteran. He is going to be a Hall of Famer. Even without any Super Bowl rings, he has got the numbers to get him into the Hall. That's how good he is, whether you like him or not. And he showed his skill, his expertise, his experience, all of that against the Bears today, unfortunately. We'll move on from here. As I was telling a friend today, the Detroit Lions, the week one victory where we had a comeback for three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Mitch Trubisky threw those three touchdowns. Then we held off the Giants after having a 17-0 lead. After having an amazing, crazy comeback against Atlanta from the backup quarterback. And then we finally fall to Indianapolis 19-11 today. The season so far in the first four weeks has kind of been like a grade yourself kind of period. Like, okay, can we beat the teams that we should beat, like Detroit and New York? Because let's face it, they're going to be at the bottom of the power poles, the standings, the bottom of everything. Especially the Giants in that game lost Saquon Barkley for the year with the ACL. That's their biggest star. Detroit Lions love Matt Stafford. He's getting older. Don't really have a lot there. They never really have a lot there in Detroit. They got a few awesome players and that's about it. And don't really have a team dynamic there. It's been a long time since you could say, hey, Detroit is a really good team. Been a while. Definitely been a while. So you were looking at that like that's a barometer. Okay, can we beat these not-so-good teams? We did, but barely. Had to hold on. Had to rally. Atlanta, going into that game, yes, they were 0-2 going into the Week 3 matchup. Atlanta was 0-2. Bears were 2-0. But they still got talent. Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. They have wide receivers that can catch the ball, bust out for big gains all over the place. They've had big leads over teams each and every single week. Cowboys had a rally in week two, 15 points in the fourth quarter. So then the Bears turn around and go 16 in the fourth quarter to beat them in week three. The measuring stick. Okay, kind of mid-pack Atlanta. Uh, bottom mid-pack because they can't hold on to a, a lead. Inconsistent. So we'll say bottom of the mid-pack of the NFL teams. Okay, so that puts Bears like maybe slightly above them, middle of the pack. Well, Indianapolis is definitely middle of the pack, maybe even high middle of the pack. And when I say middle of the pack, you got the awful teams, you got the really good teams, and then you got the ones in the middle. Atlanta's at the bottom of that. Don't quite know where the Bears are, and that's what I'm saying, this escalating measuring stick. So start off with bad teams, went a little tougher with Falcons, a little tougher with the Colts, and then we got stuck. So probably the middle of the mid-pack, and that's not going to get you very far. That's cool. We're going to win some games. We're going to lose some games. And it's going to be a mediocre season. That's where I think we are. Our defense does not look like it did two years ago. Last year, there was a lot of injuries, including Akeem Hicks. I think he missed 10 or 11 games. We don't look anything like that defensive squad that crushed people two years ago. So we don't have the crushing defense. And our offense looks super stale and couldn't get anything going. 
That is not going to be good if that continues. But that's what we look like against Indianapolis Colts. So the escalating measuring stick let me know that we're middle of the pack. Hopefully we can beat all the bad teams. We're going to lose to the good teams. And the middle of the pack teams, it's going to be a dogfight. That's kind of what it's looking like to me. Like I said, you're going to hear that famous Jameson Media Service advertisement. And here we go. It is tough starting something new. A new business isn't a smooth startup. A new product or service isn't as easy as riding a bike either. In the digital world, Jameson Media Services gives that bike new tires, a comfortable cushion, and a motor. Locally owned Jameson Media Services offers business and organizations something extremely important in the technology era, digital marketing solutions. To help your professional endeavor prosper and stay successful, Jameson Media Services designs websites, produces videos, manages social media, and has a license to fly drones for photography and video. You choose a vehicle, a new shiny bike made easy to ride, a drone for flashy stylus vibes, or both. Jameson Media Services paves the road and clears the skies for amazing digital marketing solutions. Call 815-866-9352 to contact owner Brent Jameson. Also make sure to check out jamesonmediaservices.com. Before we move on to something else, let's go over the picks real quick. With Pittsburgh Steelers and Tennessee Titans using this COVID-19 outbreak with the Tennessee squad, they're going to use this as their bye week. So that game's not being played. The New England Patriots and Kansas City Chiefs are moving their game to Monday. Supposed to be today. It's going to be a Monday game as well as the already scheduled or previously scheduled Atlanta Falcons at Green Bay Packers. So we got two Monday games and then the Pittsburgh-Tennessee game not happening. So Thursday's game, I was correct, 37-28 with the Broncos defeating the Jets. So, so far, I've only missed the Colts and the Bears. Obviously, I picked the Bears. And I missed the Cowboys and the Browns. I took the Cowboys. Browns won, surprisingly, 49-38. And at one point, they were up 41-14. The Cowboys rallied in the fourth quarter but could not get the W. So, let's go over the rest of them. I had won or picked right, which is fantastic. I love it. I love it. I love it. Don't worry, I'm not that good. Lucky weeks. Last week, I missed six games. Ugh. But this week, different story. Like I said, got the Broncos right. Missed on the Bears. Bengals, 133-25. That's a W for me. Missed on the Browns and Cowboys. Just went over that one. Saints defeated the Lions, 35-29. Got that. Seahawks beat the Dolphins, 31-23. Winner, winner. Buccaneers had a comeback on the Chargers. Ended up winning that game 38-31. Kept me in the winner's circle. Baltimore Ravens smashed the Washington football team 31-17. Carolina Panthers defeated the Arizona Cardinals 31-21. Minnesota Vikings took out the Texans 31-23. Los Angeles Rams defeated the Giants 17-9. And the Bills took out the Raiders 30-23. to Picked all of those correct. But right now, this could be another L, though, as the 49ers are trailing the Philadelphia Eagles 25-20 with two minutes left in the fourth quarter of their Sunday night football game. I took the 49ers. 
and pretty big too on the confidence scale. They're towards the top. Don't have a lot of faith in the Eagles. Had a lot of faith in the 49ers, but uh, they got two minutes to rally and score a touchdown. And then for Monday's games, I got the Chiefs over the Patriots and the Packers over the Falcons. See what happens there. NBA Finals just wrapped up game three tonight. Miami Heat defeated Los Angeles Lakers 115 to 104. Kind of surprised. Heat were playing without Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo, two of their starters, two really good players that I feel Jimmy Butler needs. Kind of showed in game two, they weren't there. Heat didn't look like they were in the game. He came out fiery, feisty in game three and did what they needed to do. Jimmy Butler already said he's a superstar level talent. He's a stud and he played like it tonight. He's gotta, he has to every game. Otherwise the Heat do not have a chance. Jimmy Butler went off for 40 points, 11 rebounds and 13 assists for a triple double. Getting it done is what you call that. Four other Heat in double figure scoring. Tyler Hero, 17. Kelly Olnick, 17 points, seven boards. Duncan Robinson, 13 points, five boards. And Jay Crowder, 12 points and eight boards. Good stuff. Role players kicking in when they need to. Jimmy Butler being the man, doing what he has to. For the Lakers, of course, LeBron doing what he does. 25 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists. Anthony Davis, compared to what he has been doing in the playoffs, kind of slacked off a little bit. 15 points, 5 rebounds. Kyle Kuzma and Markeith Morris had 19 points apiece off the bench. I thought it was going to be a sweep, especially with Dragic and Adebayo not suited up, not playing. I'm like, there's no way. Two out of their best, we'll say four players, not in the game. How's that going to work? Well, it did, and they got the W. So... Obviously, we're already paying attention. It's the NBA Finals. Now we're just going to pay closer attention to see if it happens again. But I really don't think so. This Lakers squad is a squad. It, they're serious. It's a juggernaut. Off the sports court, sports fields, we want another juggernaut around us. And that's our home. Big, strong, supportive, comforting, safety. But to keep it that way, sometimes we got to fix things. we got to change things. We have to renovate. Whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel, Olson Construction is here to help. The family-owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olson Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows, doors, deck designs, remodels, garage additions, and room additions. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson have been in construction for over 10 years and are willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured at 815-910-5982. Olson Construction can also be contacted on Facebook at the Olson Construction LLC page or via email olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. MLB has been floating through their playoffs. The wild card series for the American League and National League are done. Last podcast, I dum 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 dum. Rest in peace, Chicago baseball, as the White Sox and Cubs bowed out, not really gracefully, but they're gone. 
So here is who is still left. American League, we got Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. I picked both of them to advance out of their series. And I'm going to go with Tampa Bay to knock off the Yankees. That would be cool for them. I want to see that happen. Houston Astros knocked off the Minnesota Twins. Kind of sad about that. I didn't even want the Astros in the playoffs after last year's cheating and all of that. I don't even think they should have the opportunity to be back in here. So I wanted the Twins, even though I do not like the Twins, you know, being a rival of the White Sox. But Houston got the job done, and they will be meeting Oakland Athletics, who knocked off the White Sox. Obviously, I was going Sox. I'm going to go Oakland Athletics for the same reason that I tried to get the Twins to beat Houston Astros, because like I said, they do not deserve to be there. Nationally, Los Angeles Dodgers knocked off Milwaukee Brewers. I think the Dodgers are going to be the World Series champions if they do not choke. And they did not against Milwaukee. They looked really good. San Diego Padres defeated St. Louis Cardinals. I cannot remember who I picked, but I think I went San Diego just because of the way they've been hitting the ball. Miami Marlins knocked off the Cubs. Obviously wanted the Cubs. And that didn't happen. Didn't think Miami had what it took to get past the Cubs. The Cubs didn't swing or hit or connect or do anything. Scored one run in two games and lost both of them. Then Atlanta Braves knocked out the Cincinnati Reds. And good. I wanted the Braves to win. I would love to see the Dodgers and Braves in the NL Championship Series. That would be amazing. I don't know why that would be so amazing to me, but I want to see the Dodgers and the Braves play. But I still think it's going to be L.A. and Tampa Bay in the World Series. I'm, I'm going chalk. I'm going the top seeds. I just think that's how it's going to go. Guess we'll find out by watching these playoffs. If I get it all right, somebody owes me a coat. Can I make that bet? If anybody wants to make it, I'll take it, I guess. Let's have a word with one more sponsor. Then we'll talk about some LaSalle Peru swimming. And then we will get to Mr. Jameson, Brent Jameson, and the awesome conversation that we had about a little bit of everything. Burrow Valley Sports, COVID, national sports. We played now and then with all Chicago teams as he is a Chicago fan of everything. So that's what we did. It was a great time. So we will get to him real quick. But something we can't do real quick, but we can still enjoy doing, is getting in shape. Since 2015, LP CrossFit has been offering something unique to the Illinois Valley, a customized way to get in shape while having fun. Whether you're new to exercise or an experienced athlete, LP CrossFit is the right place for you. LP CrossFit is a diverse community with a culture focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. LP CrossFit will help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life. LP CrossFit offers a weekly schedule of classes for every fitness fan, whether you want to dial up the intensity or take a more relaxed approach. LP CrossFit's trained coaches tailor each and every workout for every athlete in every class. CrossFit classes are programmed with a mixture of body weight, gymnastic, barbell, and other movements to build strength and endurance. All small group classes are coach-led and all movements are infinitely scalable so they can work with any fitness level, injury, or mobility restriction. 
Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook, online at lpcrossfit.com, or in person in the Peru Mall across from Secret Nails. You'll never have so much fun while getting so fit. On Saturday, the LaSalle Peru Ottawa Streeter Co-op, otherwise known as the Lady Cavaliers, fell in a meet against Washington 76-52, but LP had some great scores as usual, including Junior Peyton Heggie winning the 200-yard intermediate with a time of 2 minutes, 23.3 seconds. She also won the 500-yard freestyle with a time of 5 minutes, 43.3 seconds. The 100-yard butterfly in 1 minute, 5.8 seconds. And I don't know what you call it in swimming. I guess a perfect score. Can't really call it a hat trick because it's 4 instead of 3. But she also won the 100-yard breaststroke with a 1 minute, 13.26 seconds. So Peyton Haggie wins all four of her events. She has won 31 of the 32 events that she has been in this year. She is cruising and is going to as go and is going to go as far as IHSA and this COVID-19 crazy season that we have is going to let her. Because she is swimming some of the best laps that LaSalle Peru has ever seen. She was a state qualifier last year. And if there was a state tournament or a state final, I am sure she'd be back there again. Congrats to her. What a fantastic season she is having. Also picking up a W for the Lady Cavaliers, Nicole Posavasic finished with a time of 1 minute, 9.6 seconds in the 100-yard backstroke. So congrats to Nicole as well. The swimming season and fall sports in general, including golf, cross country, and tennis, wrapping on pretty quick here. Regionals starting in the next week or two, and then we'll be pushing into the winter season. We'll see how this goes again with COVID-19 and how contact sports are going to be allowed and practiced and played and this is a crazy time and hopefully we can get through it well let's get to brent jameson like i said great chat talk about a little bit of everything we will be back three shows this week might be a little later in the week probably gonna go wednesday friday and then saturday might go wednesday thursday friday i will let you know on Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. Feel free to look at the social media sites. I will always update and let you know what's going on when shows are coming out. Sorry, can't stick to a normal Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or schedules are crazy. I'm doing a lot of things, but definitely got to get these Edge of Your Seat Podcast episodes out so you can listen to the great guests that come and share with us. So please keep looking for the schedule and when shows are coming out and who is going to be on them. Much appreciated. Love the support and thanks for listening. Until next time, peace. It's Sunday, September 20th. The Bears game just got over. They defeated the New York Giants 17-13. I have a great guest. We'll talk about a lot of stuff, but we're both avid Chicago Bears fans can sit here and talk for hours and hours and hours about the Bears. Thought we'd start that off. I am talking to Brent Jamison, owner of Jamison Media, coaches at Burrow Valley 
high school and junior high basketball. Brent, how is it going, my man? Going good, Brandon. Thanks for having me. I love what you're doing with this podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I want to jump right into the Bears, man. What did you think of this game? Well, you know, <laughs> kind of. Hey, right now we're two and zero, so you got to feel good about that. But hey, wins are tough in the NFL. So I did listen to the game on the radio for the first half. I was coming home from the cities, and uh, everything was sounding good. Started watching on TV and didn't look very good. So I don't know. Maybe I should just kept on listening to the radio. I'm not that superstitious, but you know, things went south when I started watching the game. But you know, overall, I don't know. First two games, games we should have won as bear, you know, for the Bears playing the Lions and the Giants. So you're happy to escape 2-0, but you don't feel great about it. I think it's all your fault, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. It's funny because last week, my brother-in-law, we usually watch the game a lot. He came over in the second half, and he's like, how are they playing? And I'm like, not good. And then they started, you know, you know the story of the Lions game. They just had a great second half, basically fourth quarter. So I was kind of saying that was all him. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's how it works. That's how it works. Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, he's, I guess he is what we thought he is. I mean, when he's playing bad, the Bears are bad. When he's playing good, the Bears are good. And that's kind of how the ship is going to roll, I mean, after two games. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'll be honest, I was ready to bench him in the first half of the first game. After the first half, I was ready for folds already, but, you know, they had a nice comeback. We're going to have to score points next week, I believe it's Atlanta. And uh, they're going to score a lot of points, so offense going to have to click next week. Atlanta put up 39 today against Dallas. We're leading the whole game. Everybody's talking about how bad Dallas was. And then Dallas comes back and beats them 40-39. That's pretty crazy. So, yes, Chicago is going to have to score. Yeah, and that's what concerns me. I just don't see it, you know, for a full four quarters. So, again, like I said before, I'm super happy we're 2-0, you know, games you should have won. So, hopefully they put a full game together next week. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to do that. I am not a Trubisky fan. I tried to be the first couple years, and I just, I, I can't get on board. I think he's too erratic. He doesn't have the accuracy. I think a NFL, I guess, franchise quarterback. I mean, he is a franchise quarterback at this moment. I mean, they traded up to get him with the second pick. They have put a lot of stock in him already, and I don't think he has the consistency to do that. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I am. I mean, I want him to succeed so bad. And it just doesn't seem to be happening. I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see how this season plays out. But um, I'm with you. And you said it earlier. These were games, Lions-Giants, that we had to win. And they won them. That's awesome. Bears got the Ws. But then you got Atlanta coming up. I mean, we play Green Bay. We play Minnesota hasn't looked as good. But, I mean, if they get their stuff figured out and can play ball, they got a lot of great players. These are teams that we're going to see. They cannot continue to play like this against those teams if we want to keep getting W's. Do you agree? Yeah, and the, the thing that slightly concerns me is I don't think the defense has looked very dominant so far. You know, we saw it two years ago. They can win with Trubisky if he just manages the game and cuts the turnovers down. But you have to have a dominant defense. And I mean, they've shown some flashes today, but, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's not, it doesn't look as dominant as it has in the past. Hopefully that turns around, too. Yeah, it did not. It did not look dominant at all. I am going to give, I guess I'm going to defend them a little bit. I mean, we are still dealing with the COVID-19 coronavirus. They have not had the usual amounts of practices and camps and exhibition games were thrown out the window. So 
I'm going to give them until about week four, week five. And if they are still playing like this at week five, then, you know, I'm going to be skeptical probably for the rest of the season. Yeah, I am too. And I'm just saying, excuse me, anything for the defense. But I wonder how much they would feed, they feed off crowd, crowd noise, home crowd, that type of stuff. I don't know. If you watch some of the games, they don't see as, seem as energetic, I guess is what, it, is what my uh, viewpoint is on that. You know, getting Robert Quinn back this week, hopefully he can stay healthy. I think that's just going to help the pass rush quite a bit. Oh, yeah. That dude's a stud. Absolutely. Agree with you in audience. I mean, just personal experiences. And, you know, you and I are both journalists. We have been on the sidelines. We have been in stands, at high school events, college, other things. You're there, and the fans get you pumped up. Even as journalists, when I hear fans pumped up, cheering loud, you know, I kind of get more involved in the games than if they weren't like that. So I definitely understand what you're saying there. Yeah, it's it's, it's a different year, of course. I, I just wonder how – I mean, we'll never know as far as how much it affects the game, fans or no fans. But, uh, you know, I just caught the end of the Dallas game. They had, they had like 20,000 fans there or something like that. So – I guess if you can make it work, it's kind of nice to have a little bit of a crowd in there to get the players hyped up. Against the Giants, David Montgomery had a decent game. I think he ran for 82 yards, had 40-something receiving yards, touchdown. He was first touchdown of the game from Trubisky for a 28-yard score. What do you think about David Montgomery? Are you excited about him? Think he can lead the rushing attack for the Bears? Yeah, I like what I see out of him. Um, unfortunately, I benched him on my fancy team this week. And that didn't work too well. Started Malcolm Brown over him, thinking he would maybe get in the end zone a couple times, and he laid a dud, so that's just the way it is. But I do like Montgomery. Um, I thought he looked pretty solid against the Lions, too, running off big chunks. I think the, the ability there, I think the problem last year was just a lot of the run blocking was pretty poor, and then, you know, I wasn't big on Nagy's play calling either. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think we have something in Montgomery. I agree. I think he's going to be okay. I would personally not put him on a fantasy football team, but I think he's going to be okay and help the Bears offense out, that's for sure. We were just talking about fantasy football. How many teams do you have? Just one this year. Uh, One that actually started 16 years ago. And the reason I know that is because part of my bachelor party, we did it. We started a fantasy football league. So here we are 16 years later, still going, and this is my only league this year. Wow. I am in three and a pick'em. Nice. I found two is a pretty good balance. Three gets, I don't know, a little bit too much. Just depends how competitive are. The one I'm in is pretty competitive, so I'm just going to focus on that one this year. Uh, unfortunately, I'm facing 0-2, so it's not a good start. I am in two competitive ones, and then another one that's like 12 people, and I think maybe five to six of them like play-play. So... I think with having that one that's kind of like, hey, you know, it's kind of cool, but, you know, you're not as into it as the other ones is kind of good if you're going to do three. But I'm in one with people that I've known for 20 years. I think this is – I think they've had it for like five or six years. I've been in it the last two or three, and it is extremely competitive. I'm going to go up 2-0 this week, but – I started off 6-0 and last week and then lost like seven straight or six straight and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, that's frustrating. I mean, I feel good about my team. I, I don't know. I'm going to be 0-2, but the problem is I've been making terrible decisions on who I'm starting, and that's cost me a little bit. So, I don't know. Hopefully two weeks here, I get a roster figured out that can compete each week. Um, like, for instance, I had Devontae Adams last week who blew up. He didn't do anything this week. And then I have to ask Dak Prescott, who didn't do a whole 
lot last week and he blew up this week. So need to get some consistent weeks going here for my guys. Dak Prescott is on my team in the league I was just talking about. It was amazing this week. He scored like 40-some points. I'm going to rub it in a little bit. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll take it. I, I drafted him thinking he's going to have a huge year. This is the weapons he's got. So, like I said, I feel good about my team. Long road ahead here. Who's all on your team? Give me some names of some of your other guys. So, Prescott at quarterback. Got Devontae Adams and Odell Beckham. And then I have some running backs. This is what's been kind of crazy. I got a pretty good lineup for running backs. Austin Eckler was my first one. And then I got uh, David Montgomery. Antonio Gibson from the Redskins, who I'm hoping is going to blow up this year. Uh, I got Hines from the Colts, Malcolm Brown, and uh, one more. Who's the other one? Oh, James Robinson, former Rockford, Rockford Lutheran project, wasn't he? Yep, he was. Rockford Lutheran. I seen him play a couple times while he was in high school against Mendota. Actually, he could have beat the record that he eventually beat the record the next week at his home stadium, but he could have beat it at that game against Mendota for rushing yards and I think an IHSA career. He does it the next year, or I'm sorry, does it the next week in Rockford, but yeah. yeah. He was a stud in high school and now goes undrafted after a stellar career at Illinois State. And now, wow, second week start, a touchdown. I think he had 102 yards today. So his first 100-yard game and his first NFL touchdown this week. Yeah, that's what, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I had him on my bench. So, you know, <laughs> I like my team. I just, I'm picking the wrong guy to start each week. Like I had Tyler Higby, I put him on the bench this week for Dallas Goddard. So I'm just making stupid decisions. Definitely. I have James Robinson on two of my teams. I picked him up on waivers, and I have him on the bench in both of those as well. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of luck involved, but it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Like I said in the intro, owner of Jameson Media Services, new sponsor with Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Really appreciate working with you, and we will stay in touch for a while. Maybe we'll have you on the podcast again. But yeah. how did you get into that, and what have you been able to do as a filmmaker working with media and stuff like that? You know, that all started, I started my business in 2017 with Jameson Media Services. You know, as a whole, and people, you know, people that are listening probably hear, hear the ad and hear the different services they offer, like building websites, producing videos uh, for companies and organizations. You know, I'm a licensed drone pilot, so I do a lot of aerial photography and video. You know, just something I kind of did on the side for different things and really loved it. You know, the job I had, I was at for like 10 years uh, selling cell phones. I appreciate my time there, but it was it was just time to do something different for me. And I'll admit, it was a big leap of faith to go out on my own and start my own business. But I was pretty determined to make it work. You know, I had some clients lined up and, you know, I knew I had some business there, and but overall it was a pretty big leap of faith to do that on my own and you know, my wife was very supportive and all that. So with that said, too, around the same time, I went on my own in, like, June of 2017. Me and your connection, Brandon, is uh, sports writing for a newspaper, right? You were at the News Tribune. That's where I first met you on the sidelines of probably a football game. Yep. And, um, yeah, so I, I worked for the Bureau County Republicans writing for them. I wasn't employed by them. I was just doing that as a side hustle, I guess you'd call it. On Friday nights, or you know, a couple times a week, if it was during the basketball season. Absolutely loved writing, doing all that. Still did that, but then I thought, how can I take my video talent to the high school side of things? I uh, decided that summer, you know, I'm going to use that. I'm going to take 
take the new type of media and um, just go and take my video camera to games and cover them, show highlights, do interviews with players and coaches on video. And um, I just thought it'd be cool for keepsakes for like the players, the parents, you know, just to look back on that type of stuff. You could probably, you should, I haven't checked it for a long time, but I'm sure it's still on YouTube, Genius and Media Sports. You can look back at all those old videos I did of games of the week for football. And then I, uh, you know, before the football and volleyball season started, I actually went to every single school in the three Rivers conference and did like season preview videos with each team. So that was a lot of, a lot of traveling. Like, what is there, 14 teams in the three Rivers on both sides? Yes. So, and that was what I was covering, just that conference. So I went to, uh, all the schools interviewed the volleyball players, coaches at that time, and the football teams, and did a preview. Did it for basketball too, uh, but we'll get into this later. This is that's kind of where Jameis and Media Sports ended because then I went into coaching, and that was just too much to do both at the same time. Long answer for you there, but I just love the uh, I guess you call it the digital marketing side of things, where you can just market things online through video means and, and other means like that. Yeah, it is definitely interesting where. I mean, if you're in the media world, whether you're writing, photography, video, social media, web stuff, blogging, it almost, after a while, just intermingles. Like, I did not start off like, hey, I'm going to do a podcast. I guess I kind of worked my way here. And it sounds like you kind of did the same way with what you're doing now. Yeah, definitely. And I love that, again, I love that you're doing this podcast. You know, you cover a lot of high school sports, but you do other things, too, with it. It's just... uh the times we're in now, I mean, I love newspapers. You love the business, too, I'm sure, still. I mean, it always holds a place in your heart, but um, we've got to come up with new ways of media to get out there because newspaper business isn't what it used to be. That was kind of my thought back then when I did the video coverage for high school sports. Just give it a new new way of coverage. I mean, you know, you see it on the local news and all that, but I kind of wanted to get a little more in-depth with, with the teams, local teams that we had. I remember seeing you at games while you were doing that for – Jamison Media Sports. I, if I remember right, I think I saw you out in Fulton or something like that for a Hall football game, and I'm like, what are you doing all the way out here? Like, you're definitely dedicated to what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Well, when we first met, I was probably right. I know I was just writing at the time. I believe it was a football game, but yeah, I saw you. You were writing for the uh, the BCR. Kevin Hieronymus over there usually had me go to, like, Bear Valley games just because it was the closest for me. Uh, but I'd venture out and cover a Hall game or Princeton or whatever, you know, whatever was needed. But yeah, I probably ran into you at all or something like that. But but yeah, when I did the uh, Genius Media Sports, you know, I wanted to cover. So there's nine weeks in the football season. And I tried to get to, I tried to cover at least every team once. So yeah, I, I racked up the miles on my car that year for sure. I bet because some of those, like I said, Fulton is like an hour and a half away from LaSalle. I don't quite know about from the Burrow Valley area, but they're all over the place in the Three Rivers. Yeah, it's still a haul. I mean, I'm in Walnut, which is part of the Burrow Valley District. And we're kind of, I mean, we're not halfway in between the Three Rivers, but, you know, it's 45 minutes over to, you know, a Hall game or St. Bede, and then probably about an hour over to Fulton for me. So. We're more in the middle somewhat, but, I mean, talking like driving to Rock Ridge or something like that, that's still a pretty long haul. Or Orion? Yeah, or Orion, yeah. But you know what? You know, I did that for one year, and that was an awesome experience. thought of that when you said Orion because Chip Fuller over there, he was super awesome working with. So, I mean, all the coaches were really, but they were really, um, really nice to work with, I guess. And you know, as a media guy, it's nice when coaches really want to help you out and make, make your job easier. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I was really, really lucky during my time at the local newspaper because there really wasn't any coaches that I really didn't want to talk to. There was one that I didn't really get along with, and he was gone within like a year or so. I really got very lucky and just dealt with a lot of awesome people dedicated to sports and to student athletes and just wanted to talk about the love of and passion for sports. So I got really lucky. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that because I agree with you 100%. Like when, you know, when you're growing up, you know, let's say I'm from Bureau Valley. You, you went to Mendota, right? I did. Mendota High School. Okay, so you think about these other schools as rivals, which they are, uh, on the court and everything. But but when you cover them from a media guy, you realize, you know, they're all the same, really. They're all good kids. I mean, majority of them, I should say. But... I don't know, you look at it differently. Like, kids are, hey, these are good kids. They're fun to cover. They're, you know, all trying to do the same thing, trying to work hard to, to win games. So, I don't know. It's just a different perspective when you're, you know, I guess they're not the enemy, so to speak. You know, you're, you kind of root for them across the board, whatever school you're covering. I have plenty of stories I can tell you about that, going to St. Bede and LP and Princeton games and Rochelle games and all the other ones, but the one that hits me the most is Hall, because in basketball, which was my main sport, Hall knocked us out of regionals my junior and senior year. So when I come back after college and I get a job for the newspaper, my very, 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 very first assignment was the first football practice of the year at Hall. Then the basketball season comes around, and I'm sitting in the Hall gym that I remember being defeated at, walking off the court with my head held down, looking at the court and not raising it for anybody, just walking straight to the locker room, probably shed a couple tears. Actually, I know I did junior year. And thinking, what am I doing here? I don't want to be here. And then fast forward a couple years, and I love going to Hall games. I love talking to all the coaches. Athletic director Eric Bryant is a really good dude. I have all of their phone numbers. I talk to them pretty often. Most of them have been on Edge of Your Seat podcast before and will again. It's just that timing and the got to realize, hey, they're not an enemy. I totally agree with you on that as well. Yep, yep. It's definitely a different perspective for sure, like I said. We got to quit agreeing. I just realized that everything you say or everything I I say, we agree. Yeah, I don't know. Let's be on the same wavelength with the media guys. We got to stick together. I guess. Oh, let's let's find something we disagree on. Do you like ketchup? I do. I hate it. There we go. We got an argument. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> mustard yep. guy through I'm and through. Mustard? Yeah, I don't like mustard, so there we go. There's one thing that, yeah, I can't agree with you on. Well, we disagreed twice on ketchup and mustard. We'll separate them so it's two instead of, you know, one. <laughs> All right, you were talking about coaching and basketball. Let's discuss this. So I know you're an assistant coach for Burrow Valley Varsity. I know you are the freshman boys basketball coach, and you coach junior high girls basketball. So what got you into coaching rather than doing the Jamison Media Sports? Why did you flip it over? Well, that's a a fun story to tell. So actually... Coach Markless, uh, Bear Valley varsity head coach, he reached out to me before, let's see, I'm trying to think of the dates here. Well, it would have been 2017. It would have been before the 2017-18 school year. 
uh, that they had an opening on the basketball staff for coaching. Asked if I'd be interested, and I immediately thought no because I had no coaching experience, and because I did have you know this new business. In addition to that, I was doing the Jameson Media Sports. I'm like, there's no way I can do the sports coverage and coach. You know, I thought about it for a week or so, and something just kept telling me to. Uh, this is an opportunity you should you should try. I ended up you know agreeing to do it, and probably one of the best decisions of my life, to be honest with you. And I really do mean that. I mean, I absolutely love coaching. The experiences have been tremendous. It's uh, awesome coaching staff to work with. Awesome kids that have come through the program. So the, the seniors this year were the first freshman team I had. So so this will be the fourth year I'll be doing it heading into this year. So when we talk about Jameis and media sports, I actually was, and this is where it got difficult. So I covered the football season, volleyball season, and then basketball rolled around, and I, that was my first year of coaching. And I'd already made a commitment to cover the basketball season, so I was covering games, covering varsity basketball games, was, in addition to coaching. That was just, that was tough. But, you know, you go to practice and then you had to go watch Princeton and Erie Prophetown play. So, um, I knew I couldn't do both. That's where, uh, you know, I've just been coaching from here on out. And that's when Jamison Media Sports ended. And then Jamison Media Services was created, correct? So, yeah, Jamison Media Services was started that summer. That's when I went full-time on my own. And, I mean, that was, that was always my main business where I, you know, work with companies and organizations with digital marketing. You know, building websites, doing videos, um, managing social media accounts, anything online marketing for business. So that's always been the main priority for me for work. The sports thing was just something fun because I was already in the writing, something new to try. And, uh, yeah, that lasted for one year. And then and then coaching took over my side gig in addition to running my business. So, yeah, coaching, you know, like you said, freshman coach at BV. And then last year I... There was a need for a junior high girls coach, and I stepped in and did that with another parent. Well, actually, it's Dave Mushy. I don't know if you know him, but he's uh, also on the Beer Valley Boys staff. And we both have daughters in junior high. We uh, teamed up and coached our daughters last year, and uh, probably we'll be doing it again this year. Gotcha. I do know who he is. I don't know if I've ever talked to him before, but I know who he is. I could point him out of a lineup. Yeah, he's, he's actually the sophomore head coach. Okay, very cool. And your daughter's yeah. name is Abby, correct? That is correct, yep. Seventh grader now. Seventh grader. Man, Is it? Uh, does it make you feel old knowing that your daughter's in seventh grade? It does, yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> um, just knowing she's just a few years from high school, it's kind of bizarre. You know, it's fun. I try not to take for granted the moments. You know, just like last night, we were in the backyard uh, working on her bunning for softball during the, the softball season right now. So we like to play catch in the backyard. She works on her bunting. She works on catch and fly balls. So I try not to take those moments for granted. So she's playing softball right now. It's got to be a cool feeling knowing that she's able to have this opportunity since COVID-19 kind of took sports away for a while. It's cool to have it back. That's funny because IESA canceled the season initially, and then they reversed the decision, I don't know, a week or two after that. Very grateful we've had a softball season. I think it's been really good for her. Uh, the team is doing very well. You know, just a little bit of normalcy in our lives is good. I wonder what normalcy is going to be in the future. <laughs> because we're still in that weird transition period trying to figure out what we're really doing. But then when we get to a spot where, okay, this is what we're doing, I wonder all the things that are actually really going to change. Because I feel there's going to be a lot. 
Yeah, it's hard to say. It really is. I mean, I'm sitting here still wondering, will we have a high school basketball season? You know, some days I feel good that we're gonna, and some days I start to doubt. I don't know. I, I hope we do, but you're right. I don't know. Switch flips to normal. <laughs> I don't know what the what the decision. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. What, I don't know how to answer that. The thing is, is nobody knows how to answer that. Not even the governing bodies or the people in charge that are trying to figure this stuff out. Nobody knows. That is so true. So true. It's a different time to live in. That's for sure. No doubt. When it first came about, we'll say March, like we had heard about it, you know, in Japan or overseas and, you know, November, December, we kind of, I want to say as a society, as a country, as a people, we just kind of poo-pooed it like, uh, it's not over here, so whatever. But then all of a sudden, March creeps up and bam, cases are all over America and everything is shut down, we're quarantined. And everybody was, okay, we got to stay away from everybody. There's no shaking hands. There's no nothing. We're going to die if we do that. Now it's like, okay, we've had enough of this. And, you know, if I get sick, I get sick. But the numbers of people dying is past. Unless you're older, you're elderly and susceptible to things, then you're like, eh, whatever. So it's gotten really weird really fast. (laughs) That is true, yes. Um, You know, I'm glad the kids are in school right now. At least for BV, they're in-person learning right now. Obviously, things are different than typical year, uh, but they're still in there. They're doing it. Teachers are wonderful, uh, making this all work. Because you know, for them, you know, the administrations around the area, the teachers—they've been through a lot trying to make this all work. You know, I guess we're living as normal as we can with some uh, precautions. I guess is the best way to put it right now. Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad you gave a shout out to teachers and admins of school boards all across the country, pretty much, because got to keep yeah. things moving and you got to keep, you know, hope and faith in these young people's minds. So it's not like doom and gloom. I feel like the way they've been trying to piece things together has been maybe not all agreeable, but they're at least trying and making things happen. Yeah, I agree. They're in a tough position. And, you know, whatever decisions they make, too. I mean, obviously, you're not going to please everyone. Everybody's got a different opinion on things. It takes a lot of patience. It's not a position I would want to be in. So speaking of the parent from Beer Valley, I think they've done a great job handling everything. You know, we'll see what happens from here on out. But um, hopefully hopefully they are in person the whole year. I think that would be a huge win if that happens. I agree. we got to quit saying that word agree, so we'll go on to something else. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of talking about COVID-19 anyway. I mean, this has been six yeah. or seven months where it's every day. Yeah, I agree. See, we agreed again. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Let's go back to coaching. I mean, you said how much you love it. You love basketball. You love sports. On the coaching staff for Burrow Valley... As an assistant, what are some things that you help the varsity players out with? Are you like a guard type of guy? Are you a post type of guy? Defense, offense, what are some of the areas that you're giving the most expertise in? You know, I spend a lot of time with the freshmen, of course, being the head coach for them. You know, the underclassmen in general, probably my main focus. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll split up as a program and do like perimeter post stuff. And I'm usually with the guards for that, just kind of, you know, helping run drills. Coach Marcos does a good job of getting all the coaches involved, you know, with different different stations, different things. So it changes quite a bit, you know, what we're working on. But and we have a lot of coaches too. We have a pretty good coaching staff, so he gets everybody involved. And but yeah, I'm mainly with the freshmen and the underclassmen. It does seem like you guys have a lot of coaches, though. That's for sure. Yeah, we kind of joke we got like a college coaching staff. I don't know. We have at the moment, but we probably got seven or eight coaches. 
So, um, you know, I've actually got an assistant for my freshman team that comes with me to games, which I appreciate. I think it's good. I think it's good to have, you know, when I'm staying on the sidelines, you know, yelling out directions of the guys, he can be on the bench. You know, a guy comes out of the game, he can be on the bench and kind of talk to him about, you know, what you can do different, things like that, just working with the guys sitting there. That's awesome. It's probably not a bad thing to have that many guys, more eyes, more ears, know what's going on. Yeah, more opinions too, right? But no, it is. I think, I mean, all the coaches we have, they all bring something valuable to the program. We might have to sit behind the coaching because there's not enough seats for all the coaches. <laughs> but, um, you know, they all bring something valuable. I think they're all important to our success that we've had here over the past few years. With the Burrow Valley boys basketball team, I mean, they've had some really good squads, a lot of great athletes, multiple boys basketball players of the years, first team selections, second team selections, you know, nominated for awards or won awards for papers, pretty much any paper that has covered Burrow Valley basketball had players from that program win awards. What have been some of the highlights or top moments for you being part of that staff? Yeah, so I kind of joke so my first year as freshman coach, first two years we went, we played for sectional championships. So uh, it must have been that freshman coach hire that made the difference, right? Definitely. So, honestly, it was <laughs> honestly it was the athletes, the kids. Um, we had a very talented group here over the past couple of years. Three years ago, it would have been uh, you know we played for a sectional championship, lost to Winnebago, uh, who had a very talented team that year. And then two years ago, uh, we got down to super sectionals which was, that was an amazing season just for the fact that we were like a 500 team in January. And um, we lost some really close games. I know, like, we lost on a buzzer beater to Hall. Right, Burzik hit that, hit that buzzer beater. I don't know if you were there covering any of those games. But we lost another one, like, the next game by, like, 1.2. So it was kind of gut check time for that team because, you know, we had the talent. I'm sure you, you got to see some of those guys play. Yeah, definitely. We just got hot towards the end of the year. And made a run. Yeah, I mean, we made a run and then beat Hall for the regional championship in a close game. But I think just that adversity that we experienced, you know, after Christmas, I think that just all, you know, helped get through the postseason. Getting to play at the Calb was an amazing experience for everyone. I was at the Winnebago game that you guys fell. That was unfortunate. I was not at the game yep. that Trezor Barchik hit the buzzer beater. That's who hit it. I was not there, but Kevin Klum was there, and I think he texted me like three seconds after it happened, like, oh, my God, you're not going to believe this, man. Yeah, it was a crazy shot. But, I mean, he, he's a talented player. You know, guys like that make those type of shots. I remember him, my first year as coach, playing him when he was on the freshman team for Hall, and I think he torched us for like 37 in the freshman game. And we were winning, and he brought him back and beat us. So you knew that kid was special from the beginning. You've covered our conference. We have a tough conference, so you get battle tested throughout the year. Come postseason, you're ready to face you know whoever you, whoever you get matched up with. Oh yeah, it's a super tough conference. I was also at the game Burrow Valley Hall for that regional championship, and I was at the game at NIU. So I seen a lot of that team, and it was a lot of fun to cover. But yeah, you guys, the Three River Conference is super tough. I mean, St. Bede has solid players and a solid program. Princeton, Hall, Burrow Valley, Newman. I mean, we could name them all. They all different years are better than others, but. The rotation doesn't stop. There's always great teams. Yeah, I mean, you got to bring it every night when you're playing in our conference. So, you know, a ton of respect for all the programs in our conference. It's fun, those games. 
just getting a matchup against great players from other teams and other schools. I'm just thinking about that Barrow Valley team that went to the super sectional at NIU, unfortunately lost, but lots of great talent. I mean, Cal Barnett, I'm trying to remember all their names. Uh, was Noah Johnson on that team? Yeah, Noah Johnson, Tyler Gustafson, Ben Shipp, uh, Noah Simon, who was a transfer student, came over that year. Or from that transfer student, foreign exchange student. I hate naming names, so I'm going to forget somebody. But yeah, you know, the, our starters were five seniors. So, like, Cale Barnett, he'd been playing since he was a freshman on the varsity team. Same with Nate Pop. So, I mean, those guys had a ton of experience. And uh, you felt good riding with those guys for their senior years. That's why it was just strange to see us sitting at like 500 in January, knowing that, you know, we have much better talent than this. But again, credit to the kids. They never, they could have went south at that point when things weren't going well, but they were determined to not end the year on a down note. You know, they were going to go out the best they could, and they certainly did. Yeah, like I said, that team was a ton of fun to watch. That's for sure. Well, we've talked about national sports and how fun it is to watch those. Let's play a game. You ready for a game? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. I know you're a Chicago fan, and you've been watching for a long time. Watch now. Let's play now and then. So I will give you a Chicago team. I'll give you a couple of them, and you tell me your favorite player from that team now and of all time. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. We'll start with the Chicago Cubs. Okay, so Cubs growing up, I was always a big Ryan Sandberg fan. Can I name two or just one guy? Well, let's just go one. Let's go one. Okay, Ryan Sandberg was definitely my guy when I was in the elementary ages. Okay, now I am curious. Who would be your number two or your 1B? Well, Andre Dawson, you know, from the same era. The Hawk, he was, uh, he was fun to watch. Eventually a Hall of Famer. So, yeah, Ryan Sandberg, Andre Dawson. You know, they didn't win a whole lot when I was growing up, but um, I definitely enjoyed watching those two play. Okay, and then favorite player on the Cubs roster now? Well, if I have to pick one, I guess I'd say Anthony Rizzo. You know, I love him as a player, but I love what he does off the field, too. And, um, you know, he was with the team before they got good, too. So he was in all those 100, 100 lost seasons, too. But, yeah, I'd have to say Anthony Rizzo would be my favorite Cub right now. He's a good pick, good pick. All right. I don't know if you're a fan of all of them, but we're going to the major Chicago teams just because I want to, if that's okay with you. Yeah, I'll do my best on hockey. <laughs> all I, was right. kind of a bandwagon. <laughs> I was kind of a bandwagon guy when they won the Cup. So. I'm the same, um, but I, same exact way. I'm familiar with the old and new. <laughs> all right, well, let's go there, Blackhawks. <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, I, I'll admit it, I didn't watch a lot of hockey growing up, but uh, Jeremy Roenick is always a guy with a household name, I guess. But I guess my only familiar with hockey growing up was I'd play like the NHL teams on whatever the system was in, Sega or PlayStation. Those games, even though I didn't like to watch hockey, those games are fun. Playing those on the gaming, those NHL games. I think we agree way too much because I did the exact same thing. I really don't know hockey that well. <laughs> the only names that I know besides the players now are Jeremy Roenick and Chris Chelios. The only Blackhawks that I know before then, and it's because of those video games. For sure. I was going to say Chelios. So they're the two guys that I was thinking about. But I, I went with Veronica. He's an offensive guy. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky Hockey. I forget which year, but it was a video game for Sega. I played that game every day, all day. Yeah, I would have played whatever EA Sports had out. I don't know if it was just called NHL 92 or whatever. <laughs> whatever the title was at the time. But I was always an EA Sports guy. Yeah, for sure. 
Who's your favorite hawk now? Well, I'll admit, I haven't watched the second of a season this year, but I'm assuming Patrick Kane's still on the team. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Those guys that are still left over from the uh, Stanley Cup years, those probably be my guys right now. For sure, for sure. Uh, since we were talking about the game, Chicago Bears. I would say Walter Payton, but I was, pretty, I was too young to really watch him play. I think I was like five or six when he retired. So I don't know if that really counts, but he is a favorite bear of mine all time. I'll just go with, uh, I'll go with Brian Erlacher, just because he would have been someone that I watched growing up. Okay, good pick, good pick. And your favorite bear now? That's a tough one. Matt Trubisky. He's <laughs> too frustrating. I guess I would go with Allen Robinson. I like his game. So solid at wide receiver, and he's not really, you know, one of those wide receivers that trash talks or diva, whatever you want to call him. Although he has kind of stirred up some controversy this past week with the contract extension, which I hope they do. Yeah, that has stirred some stuff up. I would actually, for now, I would go Eddie Jackson. I love that dude. He's my favorite. Yeah, 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 I, I would agree. I mean, a lot of the defensive guys I enjoy watching a ton, Khalil Mack and, and uh, yeah, Eddie Jackson, just, that was just a great pick by the Bears. He's the man. He is the man. Uh, let's go Chicago Bulls. Well, Bulls, of course, Jordan. Growing up, I mean, that's no contest. Is he your favorite basketball yeah, player of all time? Yeah, definitely. Definitely is. You know, I, I watched almost all the championship years. Definitely fun to watch. But I would still say he's the GOAT. Don't even think it's a question. He's the GOAT. Hold on, I gotta call out Trent Vinny. Didn't you have him a while back and he was saying MJ is not the GOAT? He was. He was saying LeBron is. Yeah. That's typical. We have to teach these basketball guys, you know, who the true goat is. <laughs> I mean, LeBron's great, but he's still not Jordan to me. No, no, he's not. I mean, these young pups just don't know. <laughs> yeah, they don't. I tried to encourage some of my basketball guys. I texted up in the last thing that came on. I said, hey, you should tune in. I just think it's crazy that a lot of people who are in support of LeBron were saying the main reason that they pick LeBron over Jordan is that Jordan wasn't playing against good competition. I am looking at the rosters of these teams. Utah Jazz, Seattle Supersonics, Phoenix Suns with Charles Barkley, who that year that they went to the finals was the MVP and an amazing basketball player. And they keep saying that Michael wasn't playing against anybody. Yeah, I don't get that argument at all. You can keep going about just the Eastern Conference. The Indiana Pacers with Reggie Miller, Rick Smiths, Mark Jackson. The New York Knicks with Patrick Ewing. All those guys. Charles Oakley. I just don't get it how they say that he did not play against anybody. Yeah, I mean, they definitely earned their championships. It wasn't just a cakewalk through everything. And to win six of them in eight years is unheard of. It is. Yeah, it uh, hasn't come close to being challenged here, lately at least. I mean, if they could stay healthy and we weren't in the era of everybody flip-flopping to different teams, Golden State might have had a chance to do it. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, yeah, how many did they win? Two or three? But you're right. I mean, if they were all healthy and they all stayed together, I mean, because they're still young, really. But, you know, today's game is definitely different. They won three. They won in 2015, 17, and 18. Okay. Okay, I thought, yeah, that makes sense. 16 would have been Cleveland the year that Kyrie Irving hit that shot heard around the world and LeBron knocked off the Warriors, Cleveland, and then 19, Kawhi Leonard willed a team 
not on his own. There's a lot of great players on that team. But Kawhi Leonard, clutch performer, helping Toronto win. So, yeah, Golden State won three in four years. I mean, if they could just stay healthy and the flip-flopping drives me crazy. I mean, you and I come from an era where people stayed with one team and, you know, it was respect and we're going to help this team do what they want to do. Like Damian Lillard has said he's going to do for Portland. We'll see if that happens. I hope it does. But now everybody just switches teams whenever they want to. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that either. You know, I always appreciate loyalty. I mean, LeBron alone has been on three different teams. Grant, he's been on three, so... Yeah, I like when some guys just stick with the team and, you know, try to win with what they got. Yeah, no doubt. So here's the thing. If we're going to the present-day Bulls, I think the direction they're going is going to be good with the new general manager. Firing Boylan and Garpax, I think the Bulls are going to be heading here in the right direction soon. I'd, I'd like to see them, you know, we just said about guys flip-flopping teams, but I'd like to see them hopefully get a big free agent this offseason. I think we got some guys that can that have some talent. I just like the idea of going in a new direction, though. Oh, yeah. Totally, totally, totally. They need to go in a new direction. And I am not keen on the free agency, but I am talking about the Gar Pax era where they would get these free agents that were Dwayne Wade, who was done with his career pretty much. Paul Gasol still had a little game left, but not the Paul Gasol of old. And they bought, rented older players that were, you know, out of the league in a couple years or should have been out of the league in a couple years bought them for huge price tags when they were other younger free agents that could have helped them improve the team they didn't go for them they got the older dudes and hopefully this new management can get those guys without having to pull a rabbit out of the hat like hey chicago's a huge market lots of basketball history people love to play there it's a great basketball city why can't they get big names that are current in their prime players I think they should be. I think it should be a destination for free agents. I always liked what Theo Epstein said, going back to the Cubs, about paying for future performance, not past performance, when bringing guys in. So I think that's just got to be the mindset of the Bulls. Like you said, they can't bring in a guy that's at the end of his career and pay him big money. For sure. All right, one more, and then we can get out of here. Chicago White Sox. Oh, the White Sox. Not a fan, but yeah. So growing up, wow, I'm trying to think here. I mean, I guess I'll go, this is far enough away in the past. I guess I always appreciated Paul Canerco, his years at the White Sox. I don't know, just a guy that you would love to have on your team. So, like I said, not a Sox fan, but I always respected him. Okay, and then now? I was about to say Eloy Jimenez, because he was, was a Cub until they traded him. But I do like Eloy, so I'll say Eloy, because I did follow him. When the Cubs, when he was a prospect for the Cubs, I always kind of followed his way, his progress was. Now he's producing the big leagues like they thought he would. Definitely. Good pick. Good pick. I'm glad that he's a Sox. <laughs> You're a Sox fan? I am Chicago in general, but I love it when the White Sox are good. I mean, if I had to pick White Sox or Cubs, it'd be the White Sox, but it's a small, minimal margin, and I just like Chicago teams winning, so that's all. Yeah. Well, it'd be great if they can both make it to the World Series this year. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, man. I might call off work for like two weeks. And just enjoy the World Series. <laughs> yeah, but the bad thing is they'd be playing it. They wouldn't be playing it in Chicago. That would be the only bad part about it. Be down in Texas or wherever they're going to play the postseason. It would still be it still be a ton of fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Regardless of rivalry and not rivalry, however you look at it, Chicago and Chicago when they play each other is it's pretty special. Even just regular season exhibition games. Yeah, I mean, I remember 
Uh, I mentioned Paul Canerco. Um, I felt like that was at the height of the Cubs-Sox rivalry. Like, the games were pretty intense when they were playing. Um, I think it kind of calmed down a little bit, but I think now for sure it's picking back Cubs team because, I mean, when Canerco played, the Cubs had some pretty solid teams um, back then. So when they're both good, obviously the rivalry, rivalry really eats up. And, uh, you know, I think that's good for Chicago and baseball. Definitely that's good for the MLB. When Chicago has two awesome teams in Chicago, it's awesome. Just like if the Mets could ever have a good year again. Mets, Yankees, when they're both good, baseball's good. When White Sox, Cubs both good, baseball's good. I mean, that's how I look at it because they're both huge markets. Yeah, it's definitely good for the game. And the Sox, I think they, they did it right with the rebuild. And they do remind me a lot of the Cubs. Um, 2015-2016 time frame when they... A lot of similarities in the rebuild. So, um, yeah, Sox are going to be good for a really long time. Hopefully, but we were saying that about the Cubs. Hopefully they can keep it up. I know they missed the playoffs last year, but they got to turn around back again. They're going to be in the playoffs and hopefully World Series. We'll see. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, I'm with you. I think, you know, if they can just have good, good starting pitching in the playoffs, they got a chance. The offense is still up and down. That concerns me. And I did think they would probably – Hopefully win another World Series with this group, but we'll see. I just looked at my phone real quick, and we've been talking for over an hour. I know there's going to be some editing because uh, phones cut <laughs> yeah. out a little bit here and there, but this has been an amazing conversation, my friend. I didn't even know it was an hour. That's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't feel that long. So, no, it's always good to talk to you. Definitely. I want to thank you. Appreciate you coming on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and glad that you're sponsoring Help get the word out about Jameson Media Services and, you know, enjoy Edge of Your Seat Podcast, Jameson Media Services collabos. I love it. Yeah, thanks, Brandon, for having me. It was a lot of fun.